Isaiah chapter 43. Thank you, worship team. Love you guys so much. Excellent as always. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Um, God says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See. Everybody say see. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Uh, I've, been, I've been preaching all month and all this 2023, these little two-word sermons. Uh, did look up, did fight back, did press in. Uh, today we're going to do move forward, move forward, move forward. Look at your neighbor, tell him you better keep up. Because I'm moving forward. Find someone else, tell them, catch up, catch up, catch up. I'm moving. I'm moving forward. I'm moving, with or without you, I'm moving forward. Move forward. Father, bless your word. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name. Amen? Um, the temptation for all of us, every person in this room, including me, is that we just allow life to happen to us. Um, we, we can settle for a life that just happens and we just go along for the ride. We jump into the proverbial river of life and it just takes us where it's going to take us. We, we jump into the ocean of life and we just let the current take us wherever it's going to take us. We are all tempted to put our life into neutral and we become victims of the season, of the speed, and of the circumstances of life. If it's a good day, we had a good day because that's where neutral took us. If we had a bad day, we had a bad day because that's where neutral took us. And, and for a lot of us, we don't understand that God has given us authority over our life, over seasons, and over momentum. Just because life is not moving at an easy momentum for you right now, does not mean that you cannot move forward. Sometimes the wind is at your back, awesome. Other times it's in your face. Either way, you have authority over the momentum of life. Um, you don't have to live as a victim to what life decides or what culture decides or what people decide or what circumstance decides. You can, you can go beyond that. Am I making sense so far? This is one of the gifts of God in Deuteronomy 29 that he, he says this. He says, choose today life or death, blessing or cursing. What, what does this mean? It means that there is a part of your life that you do get to choose. It doesn't mean everything. It doesn't mean that everything always just works out perfectly. But it does mean that God has given us the gift to think, to decide, to pray, to use our will for our good, that we can take our will, submit it to God's will and see God's will done in our life, that, that we don't just have to accept, but that we can think and perceive and we can pray and we can stand and we can believe and we can move. Are y'all hearing me today? So, so we have this ability to move forward, but in order for that to happen, point number one, we're gonna have to forget the past. Forget the past. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Okay, so we all got a little phone here. 
Y'all got a phone? Everybody got a phone? And our camera rolls are just full of what was. It's not a bad thing, but it's just reality. It's just full of what was. It's memories, it's birthday parties, it's weddings, it's, it's, it's whatever. There's some good memories, there's some bad memories, but it's just, it's just full of memories. It's full of what was. And a lot of us, it's very easy to live in the past because we, we are immediately connected. Our five senses, the moment we see the picture, the moment we think of the memory, we can smell, we can see, we can hear, we can feel that moment. You think back on a vacation, you go, oh, man, I remember that ocean air. Oh, it was so clean. Or, oh, man, I remember going down that slope skiing. Or, man, I remember that birthday party. Whatever it is, we, we, can, we can look back and immediately attach our senses to it. So it is very easy to live in the past where the future, we don't have five senses to tell us what it's going to be like yet. So it's very easy to live in the past and not move forward into what God has for us because I don't. I don't, have, I don't have a sense yet. This is why God has to remind us, you do not live by sight, by sense. We walk by faith. And faith doesn't always have sense yet. I don't feel it, but I heard it from God, but I didn't hear it with these. I heard it here. Ooh, and it's, it's hard. And so I, I have to now jump into and believe God for forward. Now, now here's the context of Isaiah 43. It's actually good things. So Isaiah 43 is, hey, you remember this miracle? Remember this miracle? Remember this miracle? I mean, you just read it. Read all the verses before. Remember when I did this? Remember when I did this? Remember when I did this? And, and the people of Israel go, yes, I, I remember. That was awesome. And God goes, forget it. Because even the good old days will limit you from what God has for you in the future. You, you cannot let past victories limit you and past defeats stop you. God's saying, was it good? It can get better. Was it bad? It can get better. Do not dwell, do not live there because if you live there, you will never be able to embrace here and move into what I have for you. Say amen, everybody. So this word forget is a really cool Hebrew word. Here's what it means. It's going to freak you out. Y'all ready to be freaked out? It means, this word forget means to stop mentioning, stop protecting, and stop listening to. <laughs> stop mentioning, stop protecting, and stop listening to. So when God says to forget your past, he's not saying remove it from your mind. You can't. He's saying remove it from influencing your heart. I don't forget, God doesn't give me amnesia. I can't forget what was, but I no longer let it become the anchor of my soul that decides what can be. Hebrews says that we have this hope that's an anchor to my soul. So either your past is gonna be your anchor or hope is gonna be your anchor. But either way, you're gonna have an anchor. So your anchor is either pulling you into the future or keeping you in the past but you can't get rid of the anchor. You have to decide your anchor. You, you cannot mention it, protect it, or listen to it. Your past does have a voice. And it's talking and it's constantly telling you what can be done now by what's been. 
Never ask your past for permission. My past is a teacher, but it is not my master. I, I never ask it for permission. I never consult it. I never check with it. I never go, I have this opportunity now. Let me go back to 39 years of what was and see if I'm allowed. No, no, ever, never. So I have a friend who is married now for a second time. And um, he was complaining about his wife, his current wife. And he was saying, yeah, we're just fighting a lot. Man. We're just not connecting, man. There's just a lot going on, a lot of this. And I said, bro, what's up? Because I know his his current wife, she's great. She loves God. She's beautiful. She loves him. That's a miracle. She's nice. She lights up the room. She's good to his kids. Just good, good woman. I go, what's up with you? She's great. And he goes, you know, I guess I just really miss my ex-wife. Where are the ladies at? Y'all, I just heard closet. <laughs> Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling the story. I'm just a messenger. Jeez. Well, I immediately got offended because all I've heard is horror stories about his ex-wife. I said, bro, she left you. She took your money. She took your kids. She took your dog. She don't even like dogs. She took your dog. She took your truck. She, took she is a country western song. She's the whole thing. She she broke your heart. He goes, man, I know, but boy, she could cook. It's a true story. And he's now protecting, mentioning, and listening to what was. And by the way, for you to protect your past, you're always going to have to spray a little gold spray paint on it, put a little glitter on it. You're always going to have to put a little powdered sugar on it. Come on, somebody. You're, all, you're always going to have to make it look better than it was. You're always going to have to have a selective memory. See, a lot of you are offended that God would say to forget your past, but you, you kind of have because what you've done is you've now rewritten your past and told yourself something that isn't true anyway. I just, I just would want to submit to my buddy. Her cooking wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Go to a restaurant. <laughs> Buy a cookbook. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you, a woman walked up to me after the tent. She walked up. She goes, he should have bought a cookbook. I went, hey, it's not me. That's not I didn't say. It was like she was offended with me. I said, sis, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. This, this word dwell, do not dwell on the past, it means to look at, pay attention to, and possess. And if you possess your past, you will be possessed by your past. I got good news for every believer in the room. You're not demon possessed. But you might be past possessed. Because you're holding on to it and you're looking at it and you're giving it all your attention. So, so the, scripture, the scripture says that I must be a prisoner of hope, Zechariah 9, 12. I've got to be a prisoner of hope, 
a prisoner of hope. Why? Because if I'm not a prisoner of hope, I'm going to be a prisoner of my past. So either way, I'm going to be bound to something. Will I be bound to hope? Or will I be bound to what was? Hope means positive expectation. So I'm either going to be a prisoner to a positive expectation or I'm going to be a prisoner to past limitations. Genesis 18. God rocks up to Abraham. Jesus, literally in the Old Testament, he appears in the flesh before he came in the new covenant. And he walks up with two angels. Beautiful picture. Walks up to Abraham and he goes, hey man, uh, by this time next year, your wife is going to have a baby. Hear that little giggle in the room? Because that's exactly what Sarah did. She was in her tent. She heard the conversation. And she started laughing to herself. And she said, I'm as good as dead. And so is my husband. That's how she's talking to herself. You can read it, Genesis 18. Well, God hears her thoughts. Jesus hears her thoughts. And he goes, and uh, go ahead and name him Isaac, which means laughter, because you've laughed at the promise of God. Let me tell you why she laughed. She had reason to laugh. She was 90. (laughs) Abraham was pushing 100. So when new possibilities come into her life, she immediately goes back on a 90-year track record of barrenness and goes, God can't do that. I've got 90 years that tell me something the exact opposite of what God's telling me now. That's what happens a lot in church. I'll say things that I'm really excited about and I'm all fired up and then it just gets weird in the room. And I'm like, oh, that didn't go over well. Well, (laughs) it didn't go over well because I'm telling you the exact opposite of your experience. And it's hard to attach faith when you have so much sense. Because I've got 90 years of not having a baby. I've got 90 years of not listening to a baby. I've got 90 years of not feeling a baby. I've got 90 years of not smelling a baby. I've got 90 years that say the exact opposite of this new promise from God. But when God gives you a promise, you never look back and ask permission of the new thing God is trying to do in your life. And I want to prophesy to City Light Church, God is about to make you laugh. God is about to give you a yes that is going to overturn 90 years of no. And when God speaks to you, I don't have to go back to my track record. When God speaks to me, I don't have to go ask 90 years of permission because God can do in a moment what the devil has done for 90 years. Anybody ready to scratch their head at the goodness of God, the promise of God, and go, I don't know how God did it. The Bible said all the promises of God are yes and amen. And you might have 10 years of no. You might have six months of no. You might have 20 years of no. And the enemy goes, no, it can't happen. Just ask your past. And I have to look back at the enemy and go, no, it can happen. Just ask my God. God's about to make you laugh. I believe God's about to make this church laugh. 
Can I tell you, little Isaac, Isaac, little Isaac would run up to mama a couple years later. This is in my Holy Ghost imagination. It's not in the Bible. And I, and I think he went, I think he went, mama, why'd you call me laughter? Because for 90 years, all I heard was no. But baby, I got one yes from God that turned everything around. Can you say amen? Anybody ready for a yes from God? Come on, say amen, say amen, say amen. You got you to believe today, number two, as you, as you are emotionally disconnecting from the authority of your past, you now have to embrace the present. I am making a way. Right here, right now, I'm making a way. This is hard. Because this word, making, is a process word, not a miracle word. I'm, I'm going to make a road for you. And, it's, and you're going to have to walk on it. <laughs> so we're going to do this together. This word make is not like a, a miracle speak into existence word. It is a process word that means to put your hands on, to get your hands in it. To lay and establish, to fashion and form, to work on, to work on. Some of y'all feel like God's working on you. He probably is because he's trying to make a way. And in order for him to make a way, he's got to work on you. This is what God did to Adam. Remember when he created Adam, he didn't go Adam B. Nope, he went into the dirt. He went into the dust and he formed and he fashioned him. And the way God created his first man is the way he creates new men. He's got to get his hands on you and he's got to create and he's got to work and he's got to, he's got to form and he's got to fashion and it feels a little uncomfortable and it feels like a Holy Ghost chiropractor trying to get you back into. And a lot of us don't like this because we want God to speak a thing and it be done. But what he's looking for is actually agreement. And he goes, I'm, I'm actually going to have to get my hands on you. And, and, it's, and it's hard to embrace the present. Remember, that's what God told Moses. He said, Moses, take your shoes off, Exodus 3, take your shoes off because the place you are standing, not where you were, Egypt, not where you will be, promised, and where you are standing. Huh. Man, it was so good. Man, God's about to do, okay, how about right here, right now? This is holy. It feels uncomfortable, but it's holy. It feels like I'm waiting, but it's holy. It feels like I haven't seen the promise of God yet, but it's holy. It feels like I'm still believing, but it's holy. And here's why it's holy. It's holy because God's there. And if you're there and God's there, then here is holy. And that means that anything is possible and anything can happen. But you're going to have to embrace. We don't like the present. Thomas Edison said it like this. Opportunity is usually missed by people. Because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> we should have ended with point one, huh? Had y'all shouting. God's going to make you laugh. See you next week. You know, I could have just went home. But I'm your pastor, so I, gotta, I can't just be your preacher. It, it looks like work. It looks like process. It looks like God's doing something. Uh, so David prays a prayer that we all need to pray. Lord, teach me to number 
my days so that I can be wise. This word number, is, it's, not, it's not translated correctly in the English language. The, the better idea here for number is to assign, to weigh out, to prepare, and to set, to decide. God, teach me how to appoint my days, assign my days, weigh out my days, prepare my days, set my days. Let me tell you why you need to do that, because if you don't do it, someone else will. People who don't love you will. TV will. Entertainment will. Social media will. You'll come out of a 45-minute TikTok coma, like, what did I just waste my... Just one more episode. Netflix, are you still there? Yup. <laughs> you got to learn how to number your days. Set your days. You, you decide. God, teach me to do it. Because God, you're not going to do it. So I'm going to have to do it. And if I don't do it, the enemy will do it. If I don't do it, people will do it. If I don't do it, culture will do it. If I don't do it, time will just get out of control. And, and I will blink and it'll be five years. I'll blink and it'll be six months. I'll blink and it'll, and I'll go, man, what did I just do? Because you have to decide your days. So everything we want in life is usually on the other side of a painful decision. <laughs> when I say painful, I mean it's going to stretch you. It's going to be sacrificial. It's going to be inconvenient. Where are you inconvenienced and it's making you better? We all right? We all right? Where are you inconvenienced? Uh, you know, we, we, had to, we had to move Sunday night church to the mornings because we couldn't get Sunday night. And, uh, you know, part of me was like, yeah, that's all right. I was, I was sad for people that that was going to be inconvenient for them. But I also thought, you know, there's something about stretching your faith. I got to walk all the way over there for my kids. Yeah. 100 yards. Got to sit in the middle. Yeah. Just like, just be open to being inconvenienced. Because there's growth in it. <laughs> What could, you, what could you do today that would make tomorrow better? And I don't just mean tomorrow like in 24 hours. I mean in a year from now. And you go, I don't even recognize that person because I made the decisions. In your health, in your spiritual life, in your marriage. What could you embrace? You know, I had to come to that point, right? My brother's 6'3". I just had to come to the point where I went, you know what? I'm not going to be 6'3". Because I'm the proper weight. I'm just not the proper height. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen, church. We're all the proper weight. We just ain't the proper height. We, we had faith for more. <laughs> um, so then I had to go, okay, I guess I'm going to have to eat some broccoli because I thought, mm, yeah. <laughs> Jamin, pray for me. I need a financial breakthrough. How's the budget? I don't need a budget. I need a financial breakthrough. Maybe. I promise you, if you're on debt on 50K a year, you will be in debt on 500,000 a year. Because it's a pattern. It's a, pa it's a pattern. You just will. 
Because, because you, you have to make the painful decisions that are going to make you better. Okay. I'm going to give you one more thing on point. I know we all want to move on from point two, but I'm going to give you one more thing anyway. It hurts so good. Amen. <laughs> Joshua chapter three, God, God says this in Joshua chapter three. He says, Joshua, prepare today for tomorrow. I will do miracles. Do something today, not for today. Well, I'm going to do this, Jamie. I'm going to tithe today. If I don't have a breakthrough by tonight, I'm not going to do that. No. We went to counseling once. It didn't work. No, that's not how it works. I went to the gym once. It was weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> I tried getting outside, going on a walk. A dog attacked me. It's like, no, I get it. I get it. But I got it. So, so I'm, I'm not looking for immediate results. I'm doing today for tomorrow for future and I'm not being rewarded immediately and that's okay because the reward today is his presence and that he's with me and that he's working I'm about to preach this church dead let's keep moving this is not y'all don't like this point number three point number three point number three okay so I'm, I'm forgetting the past I'm, I'm embracing the present I'm now going to see the future Everybody out loud say, see the future. future. He said, I will do a new thing. See, I will do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And this is why we miss it. We miss it because we're not looking for a new thing. Watch, we're looking for an old thing again. So God goes, do you see it? And you go, I I don't see it because what you're actually looking for possibly is restoration. But maybe what God is offering is not a restored version of something old, but something brand new right here, right now. And most of us, what we call faith and we call believing for a new thing is actually us just wishing for an old thing again. If I'd get that opportunity, man, if I could have, man, if I would have, man, I should have, man, maybe if I, and we're, and we're, we're not seeing the new thing because we're actually believing for an old thing. And God goes, I'm actually not promising an old thing. I'm not, I'm not, that, that's not what the scripture is offering. It's actually offering a brand new thing that you've never seen before. But if you'll believe me for it, and if you'll look for it, you'll see the new thing. And you won't live in the shame and the regret and the condemnation of what was not, God goes, stop defining what's best for you based off of your experience and let me define what's best for you right here, right now. I'm not looking for an old thing. I'm believing God for a new thing. But if I'm looking for an old thing, I'll never see what God's doing right here. And that's why we miss it. So God tells Joshua, again, Joshua chapter 3, verse 4 now, he says, you're going into the promised land, Joshua, but you've never been this way before. You've been to the land 40 years ago, but you went in as a spy, now you're going in as a conqueror. You went in hiding, now you're going in as a king. You went in as a servant, now you're going in as a prophet. Same land, new spirit. Same marriage, new attitude. Same job, new appreciation for your job. Same kids, new honor for your kids. Same city, 
new attitude for impact in your city. A lot of y'all trying to pray things away instead of saying, God, give me something new for this old thing. Do a new thing in the old thing. Mm. Joshua, same land. You've been there, but you've never been this way. Because you're different. Because you're allowing a new thing in your life. Because you're allowing me to do a work in your life. And now you look at the same life that you were. You were cursing it a week ago. Now you go, thank you, Jesus. Because something changed here. You cannot conquer. You cannot take ground with an old mentality. So I'm not living in what should have been or could have been. I'm not chasing what might have been. I'm looking for the new thing God is doing now. So God is not into second chances as much as he is into new beginnings. I hope, what a pitiful clap. I hope you understand. You're like, what's he mean by that? What's he trying to, what's he trying to get at? Because a lot of us, we're trying to get a redo instead of a new thing. We're, we're, we're saying new thing, but we're, but we're looking for old things. And you got to just be open to a new beginning. If, if God wants to restore, let him. But if God wants to do something entirely new, let him. Because whatever God does will be better than whatever you could have defined or believed for. Because now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. Because what you can ask or think is according to what you've already seen. But it's now according to his power, something you've never seen. Let me have the worship team come up. Something brand new. But then he goes on to say this. Do you perceive it? This word perceive means to confess, to declare, to discern, to know, to speak. Watch, God's saying, can you say it? Can you say it? Can you, can, can you say what I'm saying about your life? David would say it like this in Psalm 45. My tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. I'm not going to let them write my story. I'm not going to let the enemy write my story. I'm not going to let my past write my story. I'm going to write my story. But please hear me, this is not you saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. This is not you going, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to speak it into the universe. Doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not teasing that, but we're not, when, when I start talking like this, I start talking about the power of your words. And all this new age stuff likes to like jump up, like, oh yeah, he gets it. No, I don't get it. I don't wake up in the morning, get in a downward dog and manifest. <laughs> when we talk about the power of our words, we are talking about coming, my tongue is like the pen. 
I am agreeing, my pen, my tongue, my words are now agreeing, not with the, not with life, not with the universe, no, with what God has already penned. This only is powerful when I say what God has already said, but when you say what God said, God will begin to do what you say, because the power is not in our words, but the power is in God's word. And when we declare, thus saith the Lord, so it's not good things are coming to me. No, it's God's doing a new thing, not because I thought of it, but because God said it. So when Satan comes to Jesus and says, turn these stones into a loaf of bread, Jesus didn't say, uh-uh. When Satan said, if you are the son of God, uh-uh. Jesus didn't say, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Jesus said three times to three temptations. It is written. It is written. It. Oh, I need somebody to help this preacher preach. And when we say what has already been said, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. My Life is not built on the sinking sands of culture, but on the rock that is the Word of God. And God said, can you say it? Can you declare it? Can your words come into agreement with my word? Because it's there and only there that God now has the permission to do the new thing that He's always wanted to do. say it I know it's so foolish because as you're whispering prayers to God your past is screaming what cannot be done I'm more than a conqueror you're a failure I'm free you're an addict our marriage is going to work everyone gets divorces in your family I'm healed. The doctor said the opposite. My children are going to serve the Lord. They're addicted to drugs. And it's, and it's a little scary. Man, I feel the anointing. There it is. Took me a while, but I found the vein. I found the, I found the flow. When I say this, and this doesn't have to be loud. That's going to be really loud. I don't even have to match its intensity. Because when you really have authority, a whisper goes way longer than a scream ever could. But if I could ever agree with God, if you could ever agree with God, if we could ever get a church that actually agrees with God, all things. Somebody say all things. Somebody say all things. All things become possible. Stand your feet for a moment. Stand your feet for a moment. I pray for you now in the name of Jesus. I declare God is doing a new thing. And you will see it. You will perceive it. God is giving you the grace right now to forget. 
God is giving you the grace to forget. I, I undo, I I pull down strongholds right now. I uproot words that have gone so deep in your soul. Memories and experiences that have gone so deep in your soul. And the devil's told you that is your life. But with the authority of God's word, with, with the sword of the spirit, with the gentle surgeon scalpel of the Holy Spirit I I take out and I remove every limiting word every curse of limitation I, I uproot it now by the word of God and I declare God's doing a new thing everyone lift your hands say this out loud say Father I believe you are doing a new thing. I believe it and I receive it in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes for one more moment. If you're here right now and you need new creation, you need a new beginning, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Jabin, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness of sin, I need forgiveness. I need a brand new start. I need, I need a second chance, but I need even more than a second chance. I need, I need, I need a new nature. I need God. I want to give my life to Christ today, or I want to rededicate my life to Christ today. Pray this prayer with me. All over the room, all over the room, pray with me. I'm going to ask everyone to pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Jesus, be Lord of my life. If that's you, just on the count of three, raise your hand. I'm giving my life to the Lord or I'm rededicating my life. I'm not going to ask you to move, but just right where you're standing, acknowledge that prayer and acknowledge that that's you praying. One, two, three. Let me see your hand all over. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. Oh, many people. I declare you'll never be the same in Jesus' name. 